Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. So it's good to see y'all. Y'all are a great looking crowd today. I met some of you today for the first time and then uh, some of you that I haven't seen in a while. Marilyn, it's so good to see you back uh, with us in God's house. God's just doing a great work in your body and praise the Lord how he's just brought you through that whole stroke. It's amazing what God's done. Can't keep a good woman down, can you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's say our declaration like we mean it. If you're new to us today, we say this every week. Ready? Here we go. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything that I do flows from it. So are you ready to align your heart with the word of God? Yes. All right. Some of y'all are lying. <laughs> I'm just telling because truth comes from here. Yes. Okay. Truth comes from this place. Like now I want you to, I want you to think about it. Are you ready to align your heart with God's holy word? Yes. Because if you're not, you know, and we make declarations like that, we're lying to Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about what we're doing today is so important that like, we've got to bring our, our heart into alignment with the word because everything we do flows out of our heart. Not everything we do flows out of the word. Right. It should, but it doesn't always. Because why? We're human. We, we live in this fleshly body, you know, and we get wrapped up in all of our emotions from time to time and feelings. That's why we're constantly guarding our heart. Because our heart will get out of alignment and we want to bring it back into alignment. And when we come together, it's a great weekly checkup just to hear the word of God and go, am I doing what the word is saying to do? And if we'll do that, I promise you, you will live a better life. You really will. You, there will be more joy in your life. There will be more provision in your life. Uh, there, there just be more of everything in a positive way because you're living out of the word. So this series that we've been in, I told you last week, I thought I was wrapping it up, but there's one more message and next week we'll start something new. But in this series uh, on, that we've been calling vertical, it's been about our vertical connection with the Lord, our horizontal connection with people and family and relationships. That's all fine and good. But this is secondary to this. The world does not see it that way. They see it actually backwards. They see this is more important if they even have a relationship at all. And this is almost non-existent to the world because the world doesn't know the Lord. But the scripture says, but we're not like that. We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We were called out of darkness to live in God's marvelous light. Light meaning his glory. We're, we're people of glory. We're glory carriers, so to speak. And so in this series, as we're talking about this, 
I want you to understand that as God is light, John, uh, 1 John 1, 5 says this. John says, this is the message that we heard from Jesus and now declare to you that God is light. And there is no darkness in him at all. And if you go back and if you've been a part of our messages up until this point, or you may want to go uh, listen to those messages online, in some of those we talk about how God is light and how God is so pure. And, um, and we're talking about a glory that is unapproachable, but it, it can be approached through Christ. That's the only way that people can come and know the glory of God. It's when you come through Christ. And so God is light. God is glory. He carries. He, 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 not only, he doesn't really carry glory. He is glory. And God's glory is his goodness, his power, and his presence. So anytime we talk about glory, that's what we're talking about. So God is light, but look at this. Also, Jesus is light. And the scripture in John 8, 12 says this. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said, I am the light. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So he's saying, okay, God is light. But he's saying, I'm light because I came from the Father. And there is a light in me that if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you're going to be walking in a light that just leads you into a better life. I'm telling you, a better life. Every person who has come to the knowledge of God through Christ is living a better life. It doesn't mean that you don't have circumstances that you know are unfavorable at times. The scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Like that's just a fact of living in a fallen world. But he says, even living in a fallen world, you can live a, a glory-filled life. But there's a problem. And here's the problem. The problem is this, that, uh, well, let me share this and then I'll tell you the problem. The purpose of light is to bring revelation. All right? So anytime you turn the light switch on in a room or you have a flashlight that you're using to light your footpath, what's, it's to reveal things in your path so that you can see them, so that you won't uh, fall over them, you won't stumble and break something, or maybe you want to see it better or more clearly. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not like these young folks, and they ha have on their cell phones the brightness all the way down, and, and I'm like, my kids will be trying to show me something, and my kids are, you know, all 25 and 29, but they'll be trying to show me something, and I'm like... I can't see it. Turn the brightness up on it. And, you know, and I'm like, I want it to be like, you know, and you got a sunburn after you looked at it for a few minutes. And they're like, Dad, you're such an old man. And I'm like, man, I just want to see what I'm looking at. And sometimes light can help you see things better. It gives you a clearer picture. You want that high definition light. So the purpose of light is to reveal God is light 
And as much as people misunderstand God, God is here for our good. God is for our good. God wants to reveal things to us. He wants to show us things that won't hurt us. Jesus, same way. Jesus is here to reveal things to us. He'll speak to you. Holy Spirit will speak to you. But now here's the problem that I was telling you about. So Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. Like this is unbelievers. Satan's blinded the eyes of those people. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They just cannot see it. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is in the exact likeness of God. Did any of, well, we all used to be that person. There are some people that grew up in church, like my wife, her whole life. And I don't know, those, those people had a different experience than I had. There are some people that you've just, you know, you've been raised in church your whole life. Your children, they'll go through that if you've raised them in kids' church and they, you brought them to church. They'll have a different experience than somebody like myself who came into church uh, later as a teenager. I came from a very uh, dysfunctional family. They're still dysfunctional. <laughs> I came from a very dysfunctional family. I came from a family of a lot of generational curses. I came from a family that they were, they were uh, moral people in a sense, but it was man-made morals. It was what was important to them and not necessarily God. So even though they saw themselves as moral people, they also lived by some very immoral standards, And so I grew up in that. And when I came to church, church culture was so different for me. Anybody had that experience where you came into church and it's like, this is a shock. It's a culture shock. And the, listen, I'm telling you, I was in church probably up until we planted destiny church 14 years ago. I thought I was a mature believer. I thought, I thought I was, you know, had grown so much in the Lord and I had grown, but you know, we're constantly, you remember one of those messages was we're constantly, constantly moving from glory to glory to glory. He's constantly taking us. If we will accept it, he'll take us to a new level of glory. And I remember as, I mean, I've gone to seminary, I've gone to Bible college, I've been involved in full-time ministry my entire adult life. And when we planted the church, I started on this journey wanting more. Like, I was not satisfied with what we were doing. I just wasn't satisfied with that. And I'm like, there's got to be more to my Christian experience. And so I remember coming in and we began to explore, like, what does the kingdom of God look like? I mean, I heard about the kingdom of God my whole life in church. But I'm like, but I I hear a lot of talk about the kingdom, but what does the, what does that even mean? And we started exploring like what the kingdom of God means because he said the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's, it's imminent. It's right here. It's not far off. The kingdom of God is here and it's inside of you. Well, that's powerful because my whole life up until that point in church was the kingdom of God is there. 
And bless God, we're going to have to suffer through this world. As a matter of fact, one of my family members sent me a, a YouTube video of a guy singing. And it was, I remember the first time I ever saw this guy. He actually was preaching a revival in our church. And now he's big time leader in the church world. And he was singing one of these old songs. Now listen, I'm not against old songs. You understand that, right? And the song that he was singing, there was nothing wrong with it. But you got you to gotta have a balanced approach. And I grew up on songs that they talked about how wicked this world was true. They talked about, oh, how we long for heaven. True. I have truthfully found myself in these last several years of my life going, God, I would be okay if I just went to heaven like just if you want to come and you would just want to move us into that next season of the world and existence like I'm okay with that I used not to be but I am now there's so there's nothing wrong with singing about those kinds of songs but I got a unbalanced diet in a warped uh longing for heaven when Jesus is saying, there's so much work to be done here, and I've empowered you and given you authority to be my light here. And we're, and we're singing songs about, glory to God, I'm just suffering through. But Jesus, he helps me, and I'm going to make it over the mountain. And I'm going to get to heaven one day, and oh, it's going to be so nice. You know? I, we got a constant diet of those songs. And so I realized at some point in my uh, Christian development, like, wait, so many people are focused on heaven that they're not focused on the world and it's going to hell in a handbasket at the speed of light quick. Like we're so heavenly minded that we forget that we have an assignment in the earth. And it's going in a terrible direction. And I started realizing, oh wow, there's more for me to see. But you see that when you get closer to the Lord. When you get closer to the light, you see more. When you have more light, there's more revelation. Amen? And... The enemy has blinded the hearts and the minds of people who don't know the Lord. Like a lot of times, now I grew up in a lot of religion. And I'm glad that I am uh, have, have seen a lot of that in myself. And there's still time to time that I will still find that religious spirit in me. And I'm like, ugh, where did that come from? I thought I got rid of all of that. But I grew up in this mindset of just being irritated with people who don't know Jesus. Anybody ever been there? Huh? Me and three other people. I mean, just I'd be irritated with people that don't know the Lord. I'd be irritated when I was in a restaurant and I hear this guy over here just, you know, uh, GD and this and, you know, and forward, forward you know, letter word here and there. Well, he doesn't know the Lord, I'm assuming. <laughs> you know, he, he doesn't know that that's not appropriate. And I'd be upset where I'm sitting and, I'm, and, and I wouldn't look at the world with the eyes of Jesus. I would look at 
the world with the eyes of Mises. I would look at the world through my eyes and my standard. And I'd want to go over there and, you know, take care of business. But since I was scrawny, I didn't. (laughs) But Jesus doesn't look at people like that. He looks at the world. You know, I started looking at things like, you know, one one of the books I want to do another study not too far in the future is called I Want to Bear Fruit. It's written by Chuck Quinley. And in that book, it changed my life on how I look at the world. And he said that he was in the Philippines and they were in the red light district. People, you know what the red light district is, right? Um, If your kids don't know, you'll have to explain that to them later in your own way. But he was in the red light district and, um, and he said, is that a prostitute? He's like, I've never seen a real life prostitute. Is that, is that a prostitute? And his missionary friend said, no, that's a daughter of God who the enemy has lied to her and she believes she's a prostitute. Jesus, I get chill bumps. And I, as I read that, that first time, I'm like, That's not a, that's, that's a paradigm shift for me. I've never looked at things like that. Like, well, he's a drug addict. How, how many times have I said, well, he's a dope head? Oh, that's just terrible to say. It doesn't even sound good. And while there may be some truth in his circumstances at the moment, how does God see that person? God sees like I don't know if anybody's got any kids again, uh, uh, that are wayward and they're not living the life that they're supposed to do, uh, to, to live or doing what they should be doing. But, you know, nobody likes to go, yeah, that's my son. That's my daughter. You know, they're headed to jail in a few years. You know, I mean, they're on the path to what? Oh, man, that's your beloved. That's your, oh, you remember when you held that thing, when he, he or she first came out. You remember, you know, when they walked, when they rode their bike, you know, without training. You remember so much. You don't see them like the world sees them. You see them as your beloved, as, your, as, as, as one that you chose. You didn't have to bring them into the world. Like, you know, my, parent, my mom and dad, they would say to me, well, you're our little mistake. <laughs> and your sister too, you know. My parents had us older and I'm like that makes me feel great. <laughs> My children will never be able to say that cuz I'm like your mom and I chose you. We decided to have you. Like we wanted you. We prayed for you. We were eagerly anticipating. And I would tell my little kids, uh, uh, both of my children, I would tell them, when Noah was born, I'd, uh, and we'd just do bedtime stuff, you know, together. I had this story that I'd tell him, and he would always want me to tell him, like, Dad, tell me about when I was made. And uh, you're like, boy, what you mean? You know? No, he, he, he meant, he wanted me to tell him the story. I said, well, one day, Mom and I, you can have this if you want to, all right? I said, Mom and I decided that we wanted a little boy. And we just said to the Lord, God, we want a little boy. Will you send him to us? 
And Jesus, he's like, absolutely, I know the perfect one. I'm going to build him for you, though. And he would go through heaven, and all these shells had little noses and eyes and little, you know, fingers and toes and arms and legs and all this. And he goes through, and he pulls it out, and he, nah, don't uh-huh, and pulls it, and he, you know, I mean, so I'd get into it really deep with him, and I was, I would say he had just put all these beautiful little parts together, and he, and he, and he would just take you, and he set you up, and he would, he blew life into you, and he would go, and all of a sudden, that little boy came to life, and then he put you in mommy's tummy, and you know, we just, just, they love hearing that kind of stuff, because he was chosen. That is how God sees me and you. We are chosen people. He's, he, he didn't, you know, just like, I just hope people come to the Lord. No, he's searching for you. If you're in this room today and you're not walking with the Lord, I'm just here to tell you that God is not going to give up and you are going to relent to the long arm of the Lord. I'm speak. I'm prophesying over this room. There's not a person in this room that I will not see in heaven. Now, I don't know if you ever heard anybody stand on the stage and say something like that. But I know for a fact that there are people in this room that you're probably not where... Well, that seems contradictory. I just said, I know for a fact and probably. I know there are people in this room that you have not made your conscious decision to serve him wholeheartedly. I know there are, but I'm prophesying over you that the long arm of God is gonna stretch out wherever you go and he's going to tug at your heart and he's going to, he's gonna work on you and there is not a person in this room that I will not see you in heaven. Oh, you might not, you might not give in to the Lord's call on you today, or maybe next week, but you will at some point. I prophesy that over you and listen to me, people who are in this room that you can't even see because there's folks in this room that you're pregnant and I, I prophesy that over your children. Amen. So the problem is that Satan has blinded the eyes of men. But did you know that Jesus is showing up in bodily form every day to people. Think about it. Jesus in the flesh is showing up every day to people. And you know what he looks like? He looks like you. He's showing up and you're the Jesus that they're looking at. Today, say this with me. Today, I will be the only Jesus some people will see. You're the only one, like, in the classroom, in the doctor's office, on the car lot. You're the only Jesus people are going to see. Because they don't know the Lord. They've been, their, their eyes and heart are blinded. They're not looking for him. They're not interested in him. But you're the only Jesus that they're going to see. They're not going to come to church. Why? Because people who don't know the Lord don't want to come to church. How many of y'all in this room, and I'm sure there are some of you that you're like, I just think I want to go to church today. 
There's probably a few of you in here, but I'll guarantee the majority of us went reluctantly the first time. Are there any of us that went reluctantly the first time? There's a few of us in the room. Man, my parents had to drag me screaming and kicking. I did not want to go. I thought those were the craziest people ever. They were crazier than the, than the parties, the drunk parties my mom and dad and all their friends had. It was foreign to me. But I'm telling you what. There are people, they're gonna, God's going to put them in your path. And God's put them there for a purpose. Like what if we looked at people who came into our life as a, as a purpose, not a project. But you looked at them with purpose. And go, God, what do you, you put me in front of this person today. What, what do you expect out of this? And I just want to share a few things with you, okay? We're the light. God is light. Jesus said he's light. And in uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus turns around and then says to us, you're the light of the world. You're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights up a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where everybody, um, where, where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise or in other words, glorify your father in heaven. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Sounds like he's been watching the notebook too much, right? If you're a bird, I'm a bird. You know, remember that famous line for that movie? All the women know what I'm talking about. Jesus said, if I'm the light, you're the light. If you're in me, you're the light. You carry a light inside of you. And this is, this is what I want to ask you. Like, But why is it when we come here and we can experience the glory of God, but when we go out there, we diminish it. We hide it under the basket, so to speak. I, would, I just want to talk to you today about how, how to experience glory outside. Now, every week when we come in here, the glory is different. Today, the glory looks different than the glory we experienced last week. But there is a glory, and the glory is really on this word and some of the declarations and music that we sang earlier. But you're the light. Say it. You're the light. I'm the light. I am light. This dawned on me um, when I was a youth pastor, and I was, there were some young boys in, a, in my youth group. And man, they were leaders, but they were terrible leaders. They were leaders. They could get a good kid to go rogue in a heartbeat. And I'm like, I got them together. And I'm like, you guys are such incredible leaders. You're just leading in the wrong direction. Like if y'all could channel all of the energy you spent trying to create chaos and disorder and channel that in the right direction, think of what you guys could do. And so, you know, we're, everybody's a light. You can, you can be uh, a bright and shining light, or you can be that kind of light that only you can see. You know, you see those objects, like the military, they have those, those, that light that it lights up things in the dark. Some people, all they want to do is see what's in the dark. 
And they just want to live there. Instead of like, cut the light on so everybody can see. That's what the kind of light the Lord wants us to walk in. He doesn't constantly want us operating with the kind of light that we can only see the dark things that lurk in the dark. He wants us to flip the light switch on to where people can have revelation. And so we're light. And I want you to look at this. There are 10 ways that I just want to share with you this morning that we can carry God's glory. Because in here you experience the glory of God, but what happens is you're a light bearer. If you're light, then you bear light. You carry light. Light is glory. The glory of God you're supposed to carry out there. All right? And so as we're glory carriers, how do we do this? How do we do it in that world? Because as I look around this room, I know where a lot of you work. Some of you are homemakers. Some of you work in construction or retail. Some of you work uh, in sales. Some of you work in the medical profession, the education profession. Some of you are retired. And so you're, you're, the world that you live in is you're a full-time grandma. You're a full-time grandpa. You're a full-time dad to your family or extended relatives, maybe a, a, a father or mother figure. How do you carry the glory out there? Because I don't mean for this to sound harsh, but it, it's going to sound harsh because so many times we'll come in this room and it's so easy to experience the glory of God, but yet we'll go out there and we will not even turn on our flashlight. Number one. How can, I, how can I witness in the workplace? How can I witness in my family? How can I carry God's glory out there? Number one, do your work well. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Listen, I'm just telling you, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. A good Christian is not lazy. A good Christian is a hard worker. My dad taught me that stuff before I was ever, wait, my family ever even got saved. He said, son, be the first one on the job and the last one to leave. Son, treat it like you own it. Son, you don't own the business, but treat it like it's yours. I'm telling you, that's, that's how I did. And it made me go places. Everywhere I, everywhere I had a job outside of the church, I've always excelled and gone to places that, you know, sometimes they offered me stuff that I didn't even want. But they saw a work ethic in me and they knew that I was coming to do the work well. And a lot of times we have this bad teaching that, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm not a car mechanic. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a prophet or whatever. I just work at a car place. And while that may be true, you work at a car place. So fix some cars, do it good. Well, I got a word for this woman over here. I got to go over here and give her this word. You ain't got to give her that word if you ain't finished with that car. Like don't, don't get behind, put first things first. Don't get behind on your work because you got a word for somebody. You know, can I just tell you, you ain't the only prophet on the planet. 
And if, it's, and, and if you got to violate some things, God ain't into violating rules. God's, God's not into work, working around and circumventing things. It's like, if you work somewhere, do your work well. And people, what they'll do is they will look at you and they will begin to say, man, I tell you what, Harold is one of our hardest workers. What are they doing? They're complimenting you. Dude, they're complimenting God. People will see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. What, what they're doing is they're, listen, what we think that scripture means is they'll see your good works and these people who don't even know Jesus and they go, I think I'm just going to glorify the Lord. Lord, thank you for making Harold such a great worker. It's not direct like that. When I hear people talk about my children, when I hear people say, your, ch uh, your children are so respectful. You know what they're saying? Y'all were really good parents. Your children are so X, Y, or Z. Who are they saying it about? Directly to them, but they're really saying it to me. And I mean, man, it makes me so happy. I'd rather you brag on them instead of saying it to my face. Rife, you did a really great job raising your kids or whatever, you know. That's great. And that's, you know, people need to hear that. But I'd rather you say to my, to my child, uh, you know what, Noah? I've just really noticed, man, you've got a really incredible heart or work ethic, you know, because I'm getting it just really uh, through you praising him. So do your work well. Look at this one. Um, consider your weather. All right. This is something that we do. We do a little teaching uh, in seven habits of highly effective people. And uh, you see those folks that, that they ever... I think let me, I'm breaking my umbrella here. Uh oh, I done broke it. You ever seen these people that they carry their weather with them everywhere they go? I mean, the day could be going wonderful, and all of a sudden, here comes Sulky Sally into the building. <laughs> you know, hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Negative, dramatic carrying their weather with them every, everywhere. Can I, I'm looking out at, at some of y'all. Y'all need to change your weather. There are people in this room, you need to change your weather. I'm just telling you, I ain't the weatherman. And I'm not gonna go over and say, well, it looks like we're on the scene today at Destiny Church and it looks like, you know, looks like Trenton's in a bad mood. And I'm just gonna go over and uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna interview Trenton. Trenton, how are you doing today? I ain't doing so well, man. Well, everybody knows you're not doing well because you're sitting over here on the couch and you look like you just lost your best friend. Your dog died. You lost your job. You look like a country song. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. It's like, you know what? As a mature believer, and I, I get it. I've done that before. But as you mature in the faith, you go, you know what? I'm putting this away. Don't nobody want to see my sad and sulky face. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, Tim, can you pray for me? Because I'm struggling right now. I'm going through some situations. And um, can we just go off over here somewhere and pray? 
But some people in the body of Christ are not like that. They want, they want to, I'm just telling you, I'm speaking to some people here today. They, they're all sulky. Their body language is, you know, speaking a, a worser word. You follow me? Ain't, ain't speaking a better word. Their atmosphere, they're just changing the atmosphere, you know. Man, you can't have joy in the house when old sulky Sally's over there and, you know, uh, mad, you know, Marvin, he's sitting over there, you know. You... Uh-uh. Nope, 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 nobody, nope. I've told people that serve with me, um, let's pray about it before church. Let's pray about it after church. But when we come into this place, we are instruments of light and joy and happiness. And our ministry team doesn't get to walk around like they're mad at folks or they're, you know, they, you know, they just, you, you, you get what I'm saying? No, no, we're not doing that because we, we, we send out vibes and we can, we can either have people gravitate to us. And listen, there's a thing, it's that these spirits, they gravitate familiar spirits. You ever heard that term before? Spirits, they will gravitate. People who don't know the Lord, uh, uh, how, how do they say it? There's a phrase and it's like... Um, um, it's where like begets like, but there's a, a, another phrase. I can't think of it right now, but what happens is familiar spirits. And all of a sudden, you know, you're over here, just, oh, just my whole world's falling apart. I don't even know that I can do better today. You know, you just in that mode, guess what? Somebody else is going to walk in with that spirit and go that they ain't even looking for you. But they're manipulated by that spirit and that spirit's going to like, oh, good, because I got them over here and y'all get together and do your thing. And there's no light in that. There's no light in that. I want you to consider when you want, if you want to carry the glory of God, consider what your weather's like. Do people, are they attracted to you or do they run and hide? Very few people do you, do you see walking through the rain like this in a downspout and a thunderstorm. Very few people do you see walking through like this. Like, oh, it's just so wonderful out here, you know? No. Most of them, you see, they're, they're, they're doing this. They're covering their heads, running, you know, like they're trying to get out of the rain, get away from it. But sunshine, everybody wants to be out when the sun is shining, be that person, be a reflection of God's glory. Look at this one. Work on relationships with your coworkers. Work on relationships with your coworkers. Do not look at your coworkers like a project. I was raised to see people as you, you are my target. I got to get you saved. I got to witness to you. I got to tell you about Jesus. Anybody raised like that? Yeah. Me and one other person? I got to tell this person about Jesus. And, you, and you, you're sitting there like it's double dutch bust. Anybody know what double dutch is? You know, <laughs> they're doing this and you're waiting there and you're trying to, 
You wait and try to jump in that thing and you're trying to go, where's my Jesus moment? I can jump in, I'm trying to, you know, and, and you jump in and you jump in and you're all tangled up now. Why? Because God didn't tell you to open your mouth to that person and you ain't got any relationship with them and you're gonna come start trying to tell them about something and speak into their life when you won't even speak to me at the water cooler. Just love people. Just love people well and don't look at people. I'm telling you, we had some... Jesus did not say, go into the, all the world and get people saved. He did not say that. So take a big old burden off of yourself that you don't have to get anybody saved. All you have to do is be light and salt and reflect the goodness of God because light brings revelation. And I'm telling you, I wish somebody had told me this when I was younger because I spent a lot of years in a place of guilt because I felt like I wasn't witnessing to people because I wasn't telling them about Jesus and that kind of thing. Listen, work on relationships with coworkers Enjoy your time with them. Don't look at them them like your project. Look at this. Wait on God. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says. So many times our witnessing, in other words, carrying the glory of God does not receive the, we don't receive the benefit uh, or the desired results is because God didn't tell you to do a lot of stuff that you're doing. Listen, wait on God. Jesus said it this way. He said, I only do what my father tells me to do. I only do what I see him do. And I only say what I hear him say, or he tells me to say. He says it like this. He says, I don't speak these things on my own authority. I speak them because the the Lord, God, the Father, speaks them to me, and then I'll speak. What if we went into work and we are, are wherever in your sphere of influence, wherever that looks like outside of destiny, and we went out there and we're like, God, what do you want me? Do you want me to say anything today? Do you want me to do anything today? God, just let me be whatever I need to be but I don't want to do anything that I don't need to do. Like take, take the pressure off of yourself. And in today's world, we've been told, you know, that we can't speak about Jesus. We can't talk about Jesus in the workplace. We can't talk about Jesus in the classroom. We can't talk about Jesus. And we've believed that lie. And you can talk about him. And now we're to the place where we don't talk about him enough. But you can. You can talk about him in the classroom and you won't get fired. You can talk about him in the workplace and you won't get fired. But you need to know how to talk to him, talk about him in the workplace or on your job or around certain people. I've learned in my family that there are certain people I can't talk to the Lord, uh, to the people about the Lord at a depth that I can talk to some others. They're just not there. They wouldn't even understand what I was talking about. And I'm not trying to belittle them, but I'm like, they are at a level maturity-wise in the Lord or even not even there yet in a relationship with the Lord. And I can't go start having kingdom conversations that are real deep with them. So listen, wait on God 
And so many times what we'll do is we'll go into these different areas and we're wanting to give, like, give people a drink of water from a fire hydrant. I won't tell you about Jesus. Get ready for it. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You know, and it's like, you just want to pour it all out, out all the, you know, listen, they can't handle, people can't handle that. Like you got to go in small steps. I don't think the Lord uh, put in the word of God by mistake when he says, I'm telling you what, if you even give a cup of cold water in my name, you're, you're doing it unto me. Like sometimes people just need a drink of water. Uh, some people just need a, a drop on their tongue. That's all they can handle, you know, and just give, give them little bit by little bit by little bit. But wait on the Lord. Sometimes people are so busy trying to articulate, you know, come up and with what they're going to say that they aren't really listening either to the person or to Holy Spirit. And there have been times that I, I've had to grow out of that myself because I would be like, they would be telling me something and I'm like, oh, I got some good stuff. I just wish they would stop talking because I got so much wisdom that I got to share with you, you know? And I would miss, I would miss things that they would be saying that if I would have just listened, Holy Spirit would go, oh, there it is, there it is. There's, there's the point. This is where you jump in right here. And I would miss it because I was too busy thinking of my own stuff. And I would not be able, and, and I would share and I'm like, that, that, what's that dude's problem? He didn't get it. And it's like, no, he, he would have, but I was too busy and I missed it. So he missed it. So just wait, God, what are you saying? There are times that I'll walk into places and there'll be times that I'm walking into pl uh, different meetings and things and I'll be praying on my way in and I'm like, God, I, I, I need you to speak to me because I, I really don't have anything to say to these people. Like, I need you to tell me what and when I need to say something or if I just need to keep my mouth shut. Yes, sir, thank you, have a great day. And sometimes that's what we need to do. Um, I want you to look at this. Watch for the opportunities that God will bring your way. Watch for the opportunities. Guys, tomorrow, God's gonna bring you opportunities to be, be Jesus to somebody, to reveal his glory in some way. And when you, when you are aware of it and when you go throughout your day going, you know, Chris, uh, I, I'm on this Chris. I just, wanna, I just wanna mention to you, like, man, I know that your job where you're doing lawns and landscaping and stuff like that, there might be people that it's like, man, I'm a landscaper. You know, no, dude, you're a God carrier. And there might be people that you meet this week that, yeah, they need their lawn done or landscape or whatever, but you might have a word of encouragement for these people as they're just telling you about something. And you may find yourself talking nothing about lawn or landscape and you're off. That's happened to you, I'm sure, where you just find yourself talking about life. And God is using you in a situation like that. So watch for the opportunities that God's going to give you. Be a witness of God's goodness. In other words, his glory. Be a witness of that. Listen, some people have confused witnessing and 
this is part of witnessing with me telling you about Jesus. Like some people are intimidated by that. Like you mean I got to explain salvation to them? You, how, how you get there and sanctification and what all that looks like? And so it's like, whew, that's overwhelming to me. So I'm just not going to do it. I don't feel qualified for that. Even though you are, you'll feel not qualified for that. Well, look, can I just take some pressure off of you? Being a witness is simply reflect Jesus. Reflect the way he talks. Reflect the way he acts. Uh, when something good in your life happens and somebody says, man, I love that new car you got out there. Man, I just want to tell you how good God has been to me. You see what I'm doing there? I'm, I'm sharing that God is my provider without saying, well, let's, can we talk about provision right quick? I want to talk about you, to you about the spiritual principle of provision. That guy's eyeballs will roll back in his head and glaze over. But he will totally catch on when you're like, I just want to tell you, man, how good God has been to me. See the story behind this car, yada, 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 blah, 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 boom, God glorified. Nothing else. Walk away. You did your part. All right. Um, look at this. Don't be weird. Look at your neighbor and just say it out loud. And that might feel weird. Don't be weird. And that might not be uh, something that you're uh, uh, um, accustomed to, but like in the circles in church that I grew up in, which is prophetic folks, you know, spirit-filled folks, um, every, they got to make everything so weird. And God is weird. Weird is strange. Strange is not normal. God is not normal. He's super normal. God is not natural. This is nature. And what you and I experience is natural, natural. He's supernatural. He's the creator of nature. He, oper he doesn't operate by gravity. You, get, you got me? He doesn't operate by uh, like eating and, and bodily functions like we do. He supersedes all that. He is strange and some supernatural things are just weird concepts to people outside the church. And until you really understand some things, you can carry the glory in this place like you can't carry it out there like that. Like in this place, if I were to say to you, um, guys, I just want to, as a matter of fact, I've already done this this morning. Like I didn't announce it necessarily, I don't think, but I've already prophesied over you today. But like, you're not going to go to the break room and say, hey guys, can I have y'all's attention a minute? I just want to prophesy over y'all. You want to prophesy what? What? What does that even mean? Because people don't know that. And, you know, don't, don't go to like, can I pray with you? I want you to put your hand right there where it's hurting you. You know, like we can do that here, but like you can't necessarily do it out there. And if you can, the Holy Spirit will tell you you can. Now, I don't want anybody in here to go, well, bless God, Pastor Rives just quenching the Holy Ghost. Y'all know that ain't me. 
I've been in restaurants before where I've, I'm like, hey, I'm fixing to pray for you. And these are people that I didn't ask their permission because I already know them. So, and, and it's some of y'all's relatives, by the way. Uh, I, I'm in a restaurant and I said, hey, I'm fixing to pray for you. And I could see the look like, dude, we're in one of those restaurants where the next table is like three feet from you. And they know, man, I can throw down with some prayer. And I said, so I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna declare some things over this. And I said, and I'm just gonna keep my voice right here. Nobody in the restaurant's even gonna know that we're praying. It's just gonna look like two guys having a conversation. And I said, you know, so I just begin to speak to those lies that blah, 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 you know, and I, and I say to you, you know, and Lord heal his family and yada, yada. And we're, we're doing it right there in a restaurant. Uh-oh, Sally, the waitress is coming up. I'm in the middle of a prayer. You know, Lord, can't you see where in the Holy Ghost we're praying? No. Why? Because God, God can pause. You know, Lord, I just want you to know that I'm declaring these things over his family. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. You've done a great job today. Thank you so much. Amen. Or sorry, not amen, but thank you. All right. And then you get, just go right back to it. You, you see what I'm saying? Don't, don't be weird. There are things spiritually out there that people don't understand, you know, and whatever you do, don't go to speaking in tongues. Like, well, Pastor Rife, I just can't help it. You can. If you can't help it, you don't know the word because the word of God says the spirit is subject to the person, the prophet. And yes, ma'am. And yes, sir, you can. And don't go to jerking. Don't go to jerking. Like, I get it. I, there are times the Holy Spirit will come on me and I'm like, Jesus, mighty God. Woo, Jesus. How weird would that look in Cracker Barrel? You know, like, whoo, mighty God. Whoop. Jesus. No, uh-uh. Don't, don't go to jerking and all of that. Listen, you can carry God's glory in a way that people will receive it. Turn it around for just a second. You ever been out in a place of business and the salesperson comes up to you and they're like, yeah, oh man, you're gonna love this model right here. This model right here, yeah, she's a doozy, you know, and I'm just telling, all these bells, dings, and whistles, and it's like, they're hovering you, and it's like, man, I'm telling you, you need to get one of these today. And and they're, they're selling you something that you don't want or they're selling it to you in a way that you are not going to receive it. If anybody walks up on me like that, my business with them that day is done because I, I don't operate like that. Now, my wife, totally different. She'll be like, yeah, tell me about how good of a price you're going to give me on it. And she, they'll go back and forth, you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to walk away. Let me know what kind of good deal you get, babe. I receive in a way that somebody walks over to me and says, sir, if you need any help with that, uh, I'm really knowledgeable about that. If you need some help, it's an incredible product. But would you just let me know if you need anything? I'll check back with you in a few minutes just to see. And they just walk away. That ministers to me, that kind of interaction ministers to me. But how many times do we try to force Jesus on people 
And we don't have to do that. All you have to be is light. It really is a simple way of carrying God's glory. Let me mention these last three and I'm going to let you go. Um, Know when to withdraw. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7 says, Paul is saying this. He said, I planted the seed in your heart and Apollos watered, but it was God who made it grow. And it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important that God makes the seed grow. This goes back to that project. Listen, can I just say to you that sometimes you're, place and job in this whole thing that God's got going on is, is, is this part of somebody's story. And we're wanting to see it through to the end. Well, the end ain't going to come in your lifetime or in your setting because they're going to move from here in six months. And you're not going to see when they come to the knowledge of salvation in God. But your part is just this part. For the six months y'all work together at whatever place, just let, make that bit be the best six months because you're going to plant something and then God is going to come and the glory that you planted with just your witness and your reflection of his glory, somebody else is going to come along and they're going to be at a different place and God's going to use them. And it doesn't matter if you get the, you know, how many people got saved this morning. You know, we're big into counting numbers and Listen, that kind of stuff, I don't count numbers because at the end of the day, God knows who is living for him and is making moves towards him. And it doesn't matter who gets the credit for all of that because God is ultimately the one that gets the credit. Know when to walk away. Know when it's time. Like, you know, hone that sense and skill in to know like you're getting on that person's nerve. And now... You, it's kind of like, you know, in the instructions where they're like, they, they tell you, and I'm telling you, Tim, do you have this problem? They tell you in the, in the instructions, do not over tighten the screw. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many things I've stripped out because I'm like, surely this can be tighter. And I'm like, it feels tight, but I think it just, just a little more (laughs) and you break it. And it's like, know when the enemy, or, or know when God is finished with you in that situation. And just be okay with walking away because the enemy will make you feel like it's an unfinished product, like it's an unfinished job. But it's not. You did your job, and now God's going to do something with it. Look at this highlight people's worth. Highlight people's worth. Judy, I'm just telling you, you are the most amazing, whatever, receptionist. Like every time I walk in this place, I feel better about myself and you make me feel that way. You're, what are you doing? You're really prophesying over her. First Corinthians 14, three says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. Think about this. You can't say anything good about a person that God does not reveal to you. So if you're speaking even about their characteristics or something good about them, what are you doing? You're doing what Jesus said. I hear what my father says and I say it. If God put the thought in your mind, 
uh, if the thoughts in your mind, it's from the Lord, if it's positive and uplifting. And sometimes you can just prophesy to people in the simplest of ways. And it looks like compliments. Highlight people's worth. And then the last thing is this. Invite people into your world. Like, what does your world look like? Um, Invite some people that you're trying to impact. It goes back to that one that says, work on your relationship with coworkers. Or let's just change the word coworkers to somebody you're trying to influence. Invite them into your world. That could be like, let's go play. Let's go play golf. Let's go fish. Let's, uh, let's come over to the house and let's have a cookout. You know, it, whatever it looks like. But invite people into your world. But most of the time, we don't want to invite them into our world. We want to invite them into our church. Think about this for a second. Hey, Tom, why don't you come to church with me? Well, Tom... He doesn't, like, he's Roman Catholic background. He hadn't practiced his faith in 20 years. And you want him to come in here? Well, yeah, that's what we do, right? Yes, that is what we do. But the church has spent the last part of a better hundred years getting church all wrong. And they're inviting sinners to the church house when people, unless you're saved, the stuff that we do in here doesn't make sense. They don't understand the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. They don't understand the glory. They don't understand why we stand on stage and we sway back and forth. You know, they don't understand these kinds. They don't understand why somebody would give 10% of their income to the church. They don't understand those things. So it's all about inviting them into relationship before you try to introduce them to Jesus. So that when you're having these conversations, that you're having them and you're you're preparing for that day that maybe you invite them to church with you, which I would strongly encourage. But by that time, you've already had these conversations with them like well I'm just letting you know our pa- our pastor doesn't wear a robe you know and uh, he's not like your traditional preacher like he's you know and so they know a little bit so that when they come in they're not freaked out by my ability to pres- you know to uh, speak and our music you know at our church is you know um It's just kind of sometimes it goes long, sometimes it goes short. It's just kind of all over the place, wherever God's taken us. And, uh, you know, praying, sometimes, you know, people will ask people to come down and pray. And sometimes somebody might even fall in the floor. Like, that's kind of freaky and weird if you've never experienced it. Sometimes we forget that stuff. But if you've invited them into your world... You're now sharing a little bit about yourself and your, part of yourself is your spiritual connection with people. So how do I do all of this, Pastor Rife? And this is really easy. I want you to do two things with me. I want you to stand and I want you to say this with me. Why do I get you to say it? Because the more you say something, the more you declare something, the more it becomes your reality. All right? So let's say this. Say, today, I will be the only Jesus some people will see. Let's say it together. Today, I will be 
the only Jesus some people will see. So how can you take what I've shared with you, taught you today and apply it? When you go out of here today, when you are in your workplace or wherever you're going tomorrow, you can do this. Be intentional about incorporating this prayer into your daily routine. Jesus, let them see you in me. Like what if, what if everywhere you went, in your classroom tomorrow, Shay, on the job, wherever you're going tomorrow, Tim, to work, you know, on the car lot, you know, Abel, you know, where, wherever y'all are going with, with your kids, let my kids see Jesus in me. Let these people see Jesus in me. Make that your intentional prayer about everything.